Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. It's often been said that some people have careers while others have a calling. In the face of Hurricane Ian, it seems more people and organizations in the latter category are stepping up in a big way. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, where I try to find the most interesting people doing the most fascinating work right here in Sarasota. I started this podcast because I wanted to meet new people, and then I thought, well, why not share what we talk about with people like you? To me, if you really want to understand the community you live in and appreciate all it has to offer, then listening to each other's stories is an absolute must. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll hear from artists and authors, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and many others share who they are, how they got into their line of work, and what they're excited about right now. I'm very pleased to introduce Steve Tiber, President and CEO of Eight Days of Hope. This Christian organization is a rapid response team for when disasters hit. They work through the local churches to, quote, love and serve those in need, end quote. In this episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Steve, how his background in building construction led him to start Eight Days of Hope, the special support they provide to disaster victims, the construction services they are providing right now to residents in Sarasota and Fort Myers, the safe house ministry they recently started, stories that will warm your heart, how you can get involved in much, much more. Thank you for stopping by today. As always, it's my hope that you will listen, that you will learn, but most importantly, connect. Steve Tiber, founder of 8 Days of Hope. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm glad to have you on the program here. As my listeners know, I'm doing a series on the frontline organizations dealing with the devastation caused by Hurricane Ian. And it's interesting how I came across your organization. I attend a men's Bible study out on Bayside Church out there in uh, Bee Ridge. And so after it was shut down for a week, obviously because of the hurricane. And so the next week we go there and I saw this team mobilizing in the church. I'm like, well, you know, who are these guys? And I can't remember the gentleman's name that I spoke with there, but he told me about what you all do. And I thought it was fascinating and really wanted to get you guys on the program. We want to find out, you know, what your response 
um, you know, techniques are, what you focus on. And uh, I'm sure my listeners are going to find this a really fascinating episode, but I never let my guests get away before I ask them my favorite question, which is one thing that most people don't know about Steve Tiber. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, yeah. So probably uh, I'm a huge, huge Christian music fan and have a lot of friends in the Christian music industry. So, um, you know, I, I just uh, ever since I became a believer in 1993, I've been a leader of a Christian music festival in New York. And so a lot of the big name bands and some of the newer bands have deep relationships with a lot of them and just uh, love music. So, yeah, that's that's probably the uh, the one thing that people wouldn't know. Oh, that's fascinating. How, how large are your festivals? So the uh, Kingdom Bound Festival is 60,000 people over four days. Oh, wow. And, wow. Um, you know, Eight Days of Hope, we, um, we have a couple of groups. We are messengers, Darren Mulligan, Ben Fuller, a brand new artist who's come to Fort Myers in November. Um, wherever they go, they talk about Eight Days of Hope. So, again, we have a lot of friends in the industry for King and Country, Rebecca St. James. I mean, we go down right. a long list, but right, right, a, lot, right. a lot of good people. Right, right. I know Rebecca St. James. She was one of my early uh, oh, she's sweet. artists. Yeah, she's very, very good. Well, and that's interesting because I have a brother who's actually in the music industry himself. He provides backline equipment. Oh, goes nice. all over the country, does the Super Bowl and or when oh it was here in Tampa. And so, so uh, I'll, well, I'll, I'll share that with you after uh, after we click uh, stop here. But want to get into eight days of hope and what you all do. Tell us before we get into that. However, give us a little bit more about your background because you were in the construction development industry for a number of years building industry before you started this organization, Eight Days of Hope. Talk a little bit about that and kind of, you know, when the idea of Eight Days of Hope dawned on you. You know, my family and I, we grew up in Buffalo, New York, but in 1999, I took on a leadership role as a corporate leader for a building material manufacturer, privately held plants all over the country, and I was asked to lead it. Well, while living in Mississippi in 2005, a storm hit our country. Uh, your listeners might have heard about it before. It was called Katrina. And, you know, my dad, who was living in Buffalo, uh, was 75 at the time or 70 at the time. He called me and said, hey, let's go. Let's 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 figure out a way that you and I can take a couple buddies and go help out maybe a widow, an elderly couple, a single mom. Let's That's go great. to Bay St. Louis or Waveland, Mississippi. Let's go help out a family. And so that was our plan. It was simple. It was going to be, you know, a week, eight days is, is, is actually how much time we were thinking we were going to go. And um, God had a much bigger plans because that plan of six people helping out one family turned out to be our smallest trip ever. But it was 684 people. Oh, my. We provided the food and lodging. And in eight days, the number eight in the Bible means new beginnings. In eight days, 84 families had their homes rebuilt for free. Uh, it was it was like extreme makeover, but we didn't have a bus, and my hair is not that cool. And uh, you know, it was amazing. I just saw God move, and right after that, we said, "Wait a minute, this, this wasn't an accident, wasn't a coincidence." Um, people want to use their gifts to serve others, right? So we formed a nonprofit called Eight Days of Hope, and that was 17 years ago and 72 disasters ago. So it's oh been my goodness, quite, quite the ride. 72 disasters. So, so tell us about some of the other ones that you've served in, because there's Katrina. There's been some flooding, I know, in the Mississippi, you know, that weren't really hurricane related. Uh, ice storms. I know you're doing an ice storm, I think, that you know, they left over from a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us so, about that. Yeah. So some of the hurricanes that your listeners might know about is Irene, Isaac, Rita, um, Delta, Laura, uh, Zeta, uh, Ian, Ida. 
Um, oh my goodness! You know, it, you know, flooding in Nashville, flooding in Arkansas, um, tornadoes in Iowa, Derocho in Iowa, a snowstorm on Thanksgiving Day in Buffalo, New York. So you know, if it's flooding, tornadoes, hurricanes, snowstorms, windstorms, our goal is how do we rally the fifty thousand volunteers that travel the country with us? And what we provide is a safe place. Um, where a volunteer can show up. It's free. We provide food and lodging. We have all the tools. You know, God has blessed us with over $3 million of tools and equipment now, which is crazy, uh, but a good crazy. And, um, you know, we, we, we leave on a moment's notice. We, you know, it's like a fire fireman. The truck's always ready to go. And wow. we're ready. And when God opens the door, we, we say yes. So give us a scope of how far you have served because I was looking at a map and it looks like you've done something in virtually all 48 states, lower 48. (laughs) You know, we were uh, in Hawaii when the volcano erupted about four or five years ago. Oh, wow. We went out there and took some supplies to some local churches to love and serve, you know, families in need. We always want to work through a local church. So, you know, from Texas to New York, to Illinois, to Hawaii, to Florida, um, our 180 volunteer leaders and our very small staff, lead 50,000 volunteers on a moment's notice. And that's what we're doing right now in Florida. And, um, you know, that's, so we have two arms of the disaster side. The first arm is what we're doing right now in Florida. It's called our rapid response side. That's the side of the ministry that we do chainsaw work, we tarp roofs. We have bucket trucks that take trees off the top of people's homes, uh, bobcats doing heavy equipment. Uh, We have laundry trailers right now in Florida to provide people the decency of washing their clothes. Some of the laundromats have flooded. And then we have another arm that goes six to 12 months later. And that's where, like in Harvey, we took 4,692 people to Houston. We fed them, we lodged them, but we helped 808 families rebuild their homes in a short period of time. And so it's, um, you know, that's our rebuilding arm. Uh, Our next trip is coming up in Lake Charles in December. Uh, because of Hurricane Zelta, uh, Delta, Laura, and Zeta. Oh, so uh, we've always got something going on, it seems, with ADs, unfortunately, but fortunately. Oh, my goodness. That is incredible. That's incredible. When, when did this? When did the idea occur to you to do something like this? Was, was there like that magic moment that you said, you know, I really, really want to, to start something bigger than just this one-off down in Katrina? You know, I think when I was there and I saw two things, I saw the families who were just in shock that strangers would show up um, and serve them. You know, they had nowhere to turn. There was no fuel. There was no food. There was no power, like 40 miles inside the coast of Mississippi. And strangers were showing up. And and so I saw the families affected, but I also saw the volunteers affected. I mean, I was affected. We took our three kids on that first trip. They were five, nine and 11. They were changed forever by being there absolutely, and, and watching God move. I mean, I say this all the time. I've heard some great uh, Christian pastors bring God's word. I mean, I had the chance to hear Billy Graham speak and, and some other big names, just some unbelievable gifted people. But the best sermon I ever heard is the one I saw. And when our kids and grandkids see Jesus in action— regardless of what they're lear- learning Wednesdays and Sundays, and that's very important. Of course. It, be- it becomes real to them. And, and so watching volunteers understand that God gifted them when he created them, and now they're using their gifts for something way bigger than themselves, people, their lives get changed forever. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why the ministry has grown so large. 
Oh, that's really cool. That's and 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 you set a wonderful example for your kids to see dad in action there and really living out his faith. And I think that's just extraordinary. That's extraordinary. Tell us more specifically of what you are seeing here. That the areas in primarily Sarasota South County and then further on down. What are you seeing, and what is the focus of your work right now? You know, we were in uh, we were in the Sarasota area within 48 hours of the storm passing through. So thankful, Pastor Bazette at Bayside Community Church. We actually did work with his brother, who leads multiple campuses in Arkansas in 2019 when they had flooding. Wow! So we knew Pastor Ricky, and so when we heard um, that there was a church of his brother, it just it was an easy yes to to start there. So this storm has been really unique. So you know, I've seen all these disasters over the last 17 years. Harvey was known because it was it was flooding. 330,000 homes flooded because of the water um, after Harvey. Hurricane Michael, just up the coast in Panama City, uh, created so much damage by the wind. Well, this was kind of like a combination of both. You had significant water damage and significant wind damage, especially down in the Fort Myers area, you know, Englewood, some of those towns down there. But then when we pulled up in Sarasota, you know, we asked the local church. We always ask the church. Sure. You know, where can we serve? You know, you tell us people living in your community, you've been trying to love on them. Maybe they don't even attend your church. That's okay. We want to serve the community. I mean, within a day, they had like 150 addresses of people who were within 15 minutes of Sarasota that had trees on their driveways, on right. their houses, uh, down in their backyard. We had roofs that lost shingles that needed to be tarped. It was amazing. I mean, we're talking, we weren't at the front line of the storm, right. but the damage was real. And so we started there. Uh, we had volunteers, already over 500 people have showed up, served with us from 30 different states. Um, we, you know, Today, there's hundreds of people serving as we speak, as you and I record this. So um, what's unique about 8 Days of Hope is we're volunteer-led. Right now, there's not one staff person in Florida leading these 500 people. It's volunteers who've been trained. Incredible. They have, you know, two and a half million dollars of equipment on site. You know, we have, I mean, God has blessed us with, you know, I think we have six bobcats and three bucket trucks. We have a laundry trailer, a shower trailer. We're feeding people and God is moving. Just so excited to be a part of it. That's incredible. I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but but um, it's funny because I live about a half a mile from the water. And so went out and stayed with some friends across 75 there further east. And I figured, well, well, at least we'll get away from the storm surge. You didn't know where the hurricane was going to hit. Of course, we lost we lost power out past 75, but, but nothing happened to my home here. But except for the fact that my internet was out for two days. Mm-hmm. And I remember how annoyed I was. I'm like, how embarrassing is, is it for, you know, to, to think about that? Well, some of these folks have lost homes. I mean, their the roofs are gone. And I'm sure that the big part that you serve is not only trying to help bring some normalcy back to these people that have really been hammered by this storm, but it's the emotional, relational stress that it causes on people. And, and, and unless you've gone through it, which I have not, it's very hard to really project what that, you know, what that really looks like. Excuse me. Yeah, you, you, you hit a great point, and that's a great question. So a couple things. When, um, when we show up, I always tell the volunteers, don't be so focused on the task that you miss the opportunity to let the family tell you their story. Right, right. And, you know, part of the healing process is sharing the pain 
and you hit on something, Bob, but I'm going to take it a step further. Yes, these families have lost everything. They've, you know, I was I was in Fort Myers the other day, and uh, if you go to our website, 8dieselhove.com, we've got a video where I'm talking to a lady by the name of Miss Amy. Miss mm. Amy had eight feet of water. Everything in her house is at the curb. Everything. It's all gone. But not only everything in her house, where her kids go to school is damaged, where they went to church, where they do their shopping, where they do... Uh, where they go work out, all those facilities. So it isn't just your house, but but I'm going to take this a step further. So I said, Miss Amy, how are your daughters doing? She had two teenage daughters, and I met them, and I talked to them. Actually, I had a chance to pray with them, which was encouraging. But I asked both of the daughters, I said, what's the one thing you lost in this storm that you pray that God will replace for you? Well, the older girl, she was 15, said, you know what? I saved my birthday money, and I bought a brand-new record player. Um, that actually records, right? Back when you right, and I were right, right. So, so, Some younger kids are into that now. Yeah. yeah. And her sister said, you know, I had just saved up and bought a brand new pair of Air Nikes. And she said, they're, you know, one's gone and the other one, I, you know, it's, da- you know, it got damaged. Right. So our volunteers, Bob, they heard that story. And we not only helped them get out their house and, and bring in commercial equipment to dry it out, spray for mold. But we went to a local church, Summit Church, and we said, hey, we want you guys to be the heroes because we're going to leave. But Summit Church in 80s, we went back to that family and we presented those two girls a brand oh. new record player and a brand new pair of Air Nikes. Now, to their mom, the home is, the, is, the, is it's on a radar. Of course. But these girls, that's, this is what mattered to them. And that's why I tell the volunteers all the time, don't be, I'm a doer, so don't be so focused on doing that you miss the chance to bring a, a ray of hope. Right. To someone who's feeling hopeless. Right. And, and I tell them, ask a question and then shush up. Let them yeah. talk. Yeah. Let them cry. Let them yeah. lean on your shoulder. Let them, you know, let them say, hey, can we pray uh, or offer to pray at the end? And uh, we really have some God-sized stories from the mission field um, right after a disaster. I'm sure you do. Well, you got to give me one extra story here. That was a great story. What, give me another story that's uh, close to you. Well, I'll tell you a story just happened yesterday and it has nothing about rebuilding a house, but we went to three homes and, and they were working hard. And, and of course our volunteers get asked all the time. Now, why would you come down from New York? Why would you come from Kansas? You don't know me. And we, we teach our volunteers, be prepared to share your three minute testimony. Right. How you met Jesus, maybe share one verse, maybe, but don't share 66 books of the Bible, right? And, and, and tell them, oh, I saw a can of beer in your backyard. You're evil, you know. Show and up and throw up, right? Right. And, and so yesterday, we had multiple family members say yes to Jesus for the first time. Oh, that's very cool. But they were so moved, they wanted to be baptized. And so literally, our hundred-some volunteers went with these three new believers to the ocean to or to the to the water to get baptized. While we were there, five of our of our volunteers who are serving on a mission trip realized they've never been baptized. We had eight people get baptized yesterday after working at their house all day. So, you know, to me, that's just one glimpse. You know, I I'll never one other quick story, Bob. We were um, in uh, Hurricane Ida in New Orleans, and a lady. Um, she had canceled her, her flood insurance. Right. Her husband died, and she said, we've had it for 20 years. We've never needed it. She canceled it. A month later, the hurricane came. Oh, my. She literally was in her backyard contemplating how to commit suicide. 
she was so depressed. And she said, you know, Steve, you know, I owned a gun. I was thinking, do I want to do that? Do I want to hang myself? I mean, this is a crazy story. But within minutes of her just saying, God, I, I need you because right now I'm done. I've let my husband down, his legacy. This is my fault. Her phone rang, her cell phone rang. And it was a volunteer with eight days of hope saying, hey, we don't know how, but we got your name and number. Uh, we heard you need help. We can be there an hour. Do you want us to show up? And that lady to this day has traveled with us three different times. She's coming to Florida next week. That's wonderful. To serve, to what pay it forward story. because God met her at her lowest moment. That's that's an incredible story. That's a, a wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. But I must, uh, what I am impressed with is the fact that not only do you help people in these situations, but you actually have another arm of your organization, a safe house ministry. Tell us about that because because back in episode 52, I had Stacy Eve off Sale of Freedom. They have a safe house, but but tell us what you guys do. So these 50,000 volunteers, probably 30,000 are gifted with their hands. The other 20,000 are like me. They have big hearts, but maybe they're not gifted with their hands as much. But they're always looking for something to do. So while we were serving in Florida, you know, pulling in with equipment, we had a team in Texas working on our 13th safe house. What we've done about three years ago, we started a new arm where we build large facilities that provide a safe place for women and children rescued from trafficking. Mm -hmm. uh, in the last 60 days, we just wrapped up our 12th project. We worked with Tim Tebow in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Very cool. um, a couple years ago, we worked with Frank Wright, the head coach of the Colts. Sure. And his wife, Linda, have a ministry called Not Today, and that's with a K-K-N-O-T, Not Today in Indianapolis, another facility for children rescued from trafficking. But we, we travel all over the country, and we have now uh, helped um, you know 13 ministries to expand their operations. We do it at no charge. Our largest project's kicking off next month. We're building the largest facility for children rescued from trafficking in the Northeast in Ohio. It's yeah. a $6 million project. Um, more children will be housed at this facility than any facility in the country. And our goal is to open up next year. So, so, so do you build these facilities, refurbish them? What does that look like? Both. So this is a brand new project. Uh, we are doing the dirt work, the survey, the concrete. We're building from the ground up in Ohio. Uh, the project we did for Tim Tebow in Chattanooga was a renovation. It was a you know 6,000 square foot building. They wanted to renovate to provide counseling uh, and trauma support for those who've been rescued, for children rescued from trafficking. So we do both. Uh, we've done uh, probably a little bit more renovation than the builds, but we can do both. And again, this project in Ohio will be a six-month project. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So now, how do you, you come into an area, you're going to be in Sarasota for X amount of time. How do you determine how long you're there? And then specifically, I, and you and I were talking before I hit record that you, you'd extended the time that you're going to be down here. So talk about that if you would. You know, it all starts with prayer, Bob. I, I know people are like, well, yeah, you're in ministry. That's what you have to say. But you know, we pray that God shows us where to go. And so, again, I don't think it was an accident that we had worked with Pastor Bizet's brother in Arkansas three years ago. And as the storm was approaching, it looked like Sarasota, that area was going to have damage, but we were able to have power and be able to bring people in safely that they can deploy from there. So we always decide right off the bat, two weeks is real easy to say yes to after a rapid response with a rapid response team. 
after a, a disaster like Hurricane. But when we when we came there, you know, I was in Fort Myers, I was in Sarasota. We realized quickly that three weeks was a no-brainer. So we announced that we'd be in the Sarasota area to October 29th. Uh, already we've helped oh, well over 125 families, uh, done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of work, haven't charged anyone a penny. Um, and then we just announced the other day, Bob, that we're going to be uh, moving down to Fort Myers right. at Summit Church. They've got three campuses down there. And we're going to be there from roughly the 30th of October to November 12th. What we brought in is all this heavy equipment and hundreds of volunteers that operate chainsaws, tarpon roofs. Um, we brought in a half a million dollars of commercial dehumidifiers and fans. When you have flooding, you have to gut the house out. You have to muck it out, gut it out two different phrases used, but then very quickly you got to dry it out. And so, you know, our dehumidifiers and fans will be in a house for three to five days. And once that's done, we come back and spray it for mold. And so, sure. you know, it's, it's a three-step process. Uh, our partners that cover our fixed costs are on our website. Maybe talk about that more in a minute, the financial side of the ministry, which is very unique, very interesting, but we're going to be there to, uh, to November, November 12th. And then, uh, once we leave, we'll start praying about and talking about um, with partners and churches. How can we come back next year and rebuild homes for free? You know, some from the ground up. And so it's a, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Hurricane Ian, there's no quick fix. I don't care if you sit to the left of the political aisle or to the right. No one can wave a wand to fix this. But this is the perfect time for the church to shine. Right. right. Uh, that's what I love. Churches and ministries are working together to help those uh, who need a ray of sunshine. And that's happening right now in Florida. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Steve. And I appreciate so much what you guys are doing. You touched upon the financial model that you have. Obviously, there are a lot of costs that are involved, <laughs> a lot of cost. And so you do need resources, both financial and then volunteers. So if there's somebody out there right listening right now that would like to get involved uh, or wants to contribute, talk about that, if you would, please. You know, our greatest asset is people. And right now, if you want to volunteer, uh, maybe your home wasn't damaged. Maybe, you know, your your, your brother-in-law or sister-in-law lives a state away and they've been looking for an organization to partner with. You don't have to be skilled. You do need to be 18 because it's an active disaster site. But we are going to be in the Florida uh, region, uh, Southwest Florida, to November 12th. It's free. We provide food and lodging. You, you can be like me and not be an operator of tools will keep you busy. You know, it, it's amazing when, when homes flood, you have to get everything wet out. And once you gut it out, I mean, a less skilled person can do that. We'll teach sure. you how to do that. So they can volunteer online at 8dshope.com. Read the FAQs, our frequently asked questions. Uh, it will tell you if you have an RV, uh, can you bring it? Can you bring pets? Uh, what if you have no tools? Can you bring your own tools? What a typical day looks like. We're going to feed you really good. We call it eight pounds of hope. Um, <laughs> I promise you our feeding team is amazing. And uh, again, we'll be there to November 12th. As far as the financial side, you know, we've been doing this for 17 years. When God opens up a door and tells us we go to go, we go. It's that simple. We said yes to Hurricane Ian. We hadn't raised a penny. We hadn't updated our website. We just went. We, we said yes. And, you know, God, he's Jehovah Jireh. You know, we've done $65 million of work, Bob. And I'm not that smart, but God's got it all figured out. And so, you know, we have 19 partners. They're on our website. They pay all of our fixed costs. So we're a very unique organization. Uh, we're ECFA certified. We, we get high ratings by uh, organizations that rate charities. 
Right. What's really interesting about Eight Days of Hope is that when you donate to the ministry, 100% of it is passed through. Our partners cover our fixed costs. So all that equipment is paid for. Uh, all that fuel is taken care of. And so if you make a donation online uh, at 8dayshope.com, if you mail a donation to us, our, our address is on our website or our Facebook page, or if you use Venmo or PayPal, every penny you give will be spent in Florida, 100%. So it's really cool how God has worked that out for us, and it's been fun to watch him move. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, you're just sending chills up and down my spine here as, you, as you're talking and whatnot. But uh, And I, I do love your your guiding verse that you have, which is 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Steve, it's been a pleasure having you uh, on the Sarasota Stories podcast. Anything else you want to leave us with before we say goodbye and you have to get out there and start mucking up, <laughs> mucking out some houses? You know, I, I'm just so thankful because just that verse itself, you know, um, you're gifted um, with your voice and the way you think and how you can do an interview. And I know God's gifted me in different ways, but this is the time for the body of Christ to shine. You know, the last two and a half, three years has been very tough. Our country's divided. Uh, we we seem to want to debate about everything as people. So if you're listening today, I'm going to ask you to do something. Pray about how you can get involved to bring hope to those who are brokenhearted. It doesn't have to be eight days of hope. There's other ministries out there that I know and I love and I trust, you know, Samaritan's Purse and Convoy of Hope and a lot of other Christian ministries trying to do good things. But don't sit on the sidelines. Um, time's running out. God's looking to use his saints to love and serve those in need. And right now, the need is huge in Southwest Florida. Again, more information, go on our website, 8dayshope.com. But thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed this and um, we appreciate all that you do. Well, it's my pleasure to meet you, even if it is virtually. And um, Steve Tiber, President and CEO, founder of 8 Days of Hope. It's been a pleasure having you on the Sarasota Stories podcast. And I appreciate all of you listeners logging in. And again, we're going to have everything in the show notes where you can reach out to Steve and his team. But uh, again, Steve, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. <music>